0: You're going to be hit hard. And this is the one I told you, like when I was working for Whipple, I didn't I didn't realize that some challenges were going to come up. And I thought that that was indicative that I was on the wrong track. But really, it wasn't that I was on the wrong track. I just didn't accept the challenge. I turned away from it. And lo, lo and behold, I changed directions. But I would just say that that in whatever we're doing, you know, we just have to lean into it accept the challenge, and you're going to find your mantras. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast,
1: a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you, and I gotta say I'm thankful to have a little bit more of a voice back. Uh, We're excited to have a new episode. This time we're featuring none other than Brandon Duncan. And man, does he have some hard-hitting content we're going to be exploring today about the bulletproof mindset. Before we jump into that, though, we're going to look to Brian for our quote. 20 years from now, you will be
2: more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sail, Explore, dream, and discover. Mark Twain.
1: All right, all right. I was thinking sticks. Come sail away. Come Come sail away. away.
2: Yeah. You got that drop ready? Go ahead and play it. All right. We're still working on the studio here. We actually got transferred to
1: another room. We did, yeah. It's nice. A little dungeony, but uh, we can work on that.
2: It is in the basement of the basement of the
1: basement. Which is actually kind of ironic because our our podcast today is about attitude and trying to get yours out of the basement. Bulletproof mindset. That's right. The reason that
2: I went with that quote, one, I love that quote. I've had that quote written on boards and walls many times. Um, yeah, I don't, I guess I'm not really ready to articulate why I should have thought of this before. Go ahead. Pause it, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Let's talk about this. <laughs> um. I don't know. It just, it makes me feel, uh, the quote makes me feel less mundane and maybe monotonous. I I don't love monotonous routines and like doing the same thing every day, especially at the same time. And then that is kind of what my job uh, entails. So every now and then to think in these terms help helps a lot. And I met Brandon Duncan Whose birthday is today as we're recording this. So oh. very happy birthday to Mr. Duncan. Happy birthday, Mr. Duncan. Um, I met him in Hawaii, and uh, he and his wife kind of give me and my wife that feeling of like uh, just just never miss an opportunity to have a good time. I mean, They're very focused people and very driven people, and uh, we really enjoyed our time with them. But at the same time, they're about having fun and really enjoying each other and enjoying the people around them. So I know Brandon is gonna be well. I mean, he sent us an email at one uh, thirty in the morning our time <laughs> last night to give us his uh, ten ten bullet points to go over. Which was at eleven thirty his time, Utah. It certainly
1: was late into the evening.
2: Yeah. So that's the kind of guy he is. So he's he's he always brings the fire and well thought out, but also fun. He's a fun dude. I, I'm I'm positive we're gonna have a good time with him today and yeah I was gonna go with a mindset quote but this this quote makes me think of of Brandon and Michelle duncan mm,
1: yeah uh it's it's great to have people like that who have paved the way and and as we conversate with Brandon, I think you'll hear that because it's it's one thing to have you know some fancy words and some uh some cool colloquialisms and all that about mindset and you know having the right attitude it's another thing to live it out and and when you hear him talk when you hear his voice, when you hear uh, the things that he says, as far as stories and experiences, I I believe it's more than just words. It's something that he practices. And I have to say, uh, after, after we interviewed him um, I've actually been putting some of that into practice myself. And so uh, to you, Brandon Duncan, if you're listening to this, thanks man. Uh, You made a difference in my life. By the
2: 10, the 10 rules of a bulletproof mindset
1: specifically the one where he talked about uh coming home and pausing and asking yourself what would a what would an eight mindset do when they walk into that house nice yeah yeah and i I mean that's for me going home but i think the same could be true rolling up to a house it's basically you're projecting like what what uh what would somebody who's successful, what would somebody who's in the right mindset, what's somebody who's going to be a great dad, what's somebody who's going to be a great technician, what would they do? What would that actually look like when they walk into that house? And they then would,
2: they would be wearing a Michigan Wolverine's hat.
1: Let me explain. They certainly would, me explain. Not, would not be doing that. When I was in a truck, I don't know. Hey, hey, you know, that's a good point, Brian. Do we follow up on uh, the, the game? I don't think we did. How'd that go? No. You're a funny man, Nate. Okay. All right. That was well-timed, well-timed.
2: <laughs> Can we cut out that to Mississippi in between me saying that and running over to press the button?
1: A typical mission fan, we'll edit, Michigan fan.
2: Edit that out in post. Yep. Nice. So when I was in a truck, I don't, this wasn't my own. I don't remember where I got it, but I was getting beat up there for a minute, especially in the beginning of my career. I cared about my production, um, my numbers, my client fulfillment, uh, my ratings, and at the end of the day, it seemed like if any of these didn't go well, like let's say I heard I had a call back that another guy had to run. Let's say a client called in and was unhappy with me. Let's say I ran my last two calls and didn't, didn't do anything, just you know wasted my and their time. Um, I would take that home with me and be in a bad mood. And I would just assume like that's how I'm supposed to feel. It just is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. And I was getting some heat for it. At home from Amelia, obviously. And I don't know if it was like Ken Goodrich or Lance Fernandez or maybe somebody they brought in, but maybe a Brian Tracy tape back in the day. But I heard a a technique to fix this. And obviously it's not a perfect fix, but it helped a lot, which is I was one who wore a hat often in a plumbing truck, had my, you know, my Yes plumbing hat on, my Ben Franklin plumbing hat on. And I had a Michigan hat in the passenger seat, and when I pulled up to the house, I would take the plumbing hat off in the rearview mirror, and I would put the Michigan hat on. I'd look in the mirror and say, it's, it's not plumbing time now. It's husband time. It's father time. It's whatever time. And what's the first thing I need to do when I get in there? I need to make them feel um, glad that I came through the door. Let's get everybody a little bit more excited as a result of me getting home instead of the other way, which is let me take out the frustration of my last call on the poor victims inside the uh, threshold of the front door.
1: I like that, Brian. And, and for one reason, because you you actually made a physical change, which does make a difference uh, in our attitude. Like you you made a conscious effort to literally shift hats, not, not even just figuratively, literally shift hats into a different mindset. Um, and that that's so much of what it is I mean it's it's when it comes to our attitude when it comes to how we are living our lives interacting with others sometimes we actually have to shift hats change shirts um, whatever analogy you want to use but a physical one makes more of an impact I think than than the mental shift can
2: I recommend getting a uh, number one dad hat because if you're getting home after Georgia shows up in the in the First ever playoff game for the Michigan Wolverines, and beats your team like a dog, and you have to put that hat on.
1: How many points did
2: they score? <laughs> I don't remember, Nate. Well, I, it was
1: the reason I ask is I think it was pretty close to number one, Dad. It might have been number three, Dad. Oof. I think that's what it was. Number three, Dad.
2: What was uh? What was the score of that Michigan Penn State game in Penn State this year? Are you
1: going to relive that?
2: I'm just asking. A that's, question. The, that's the only thing you have. I'm left just curious. To go on. Okay. What was that? You remember.
1: I don't let me I, look it up. I think it was closer you than get, three to twenty seven. I think I think it was closer than that. <laughs>
2: it wasn't that was
1: the first half, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. All right, Brian. Well, uh, all joking aside, the, the matter is thirty four to eleven.
2: Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. Um, now,
1: now all joking. Yeah, all aside. joking aside,
2: Mr. Brian Burton, Mr. Nate Minnick, had a very special lunch
1: the day before yesterday. Hmm. We did. The Waste No Day Boys were uh, hanging with us a bit of a celebrity, Doctor Oz. Yeah,
2: Doctor, uh, you want you want to know why I know he's cool and down to earth? Besides the fact that our conversation with him was good, he was uh, he was very into the trade, the skilled trades, uh, labor gap. Like, how are we getting people into the trades? Um, good conversation. He has some ideas. I'm excited about his. Potentially joining the U.S. Senate from Pennsylvania. Um, he's going to certainly get my vote. Not recommending what you should vote for, but uh, yeah.
1: we're, not, <laughs> we're not sponsored here. <laughs> no,
2: not whatsoever. <laughs> um, When the waiter came up and asked him what he wanted to eat, you catch what he said?
1: I believe he said, uh, just give me whatever you're famous for.
2: Give me whatever you're known for. Yep. And he got a crab cake sandwich with coleslaw. And he popped that bun right off, like a man who's watching his carb intake. I like that. And went straight for the combo. The combo. He put his coleslaw with his crab cat, crab cake. I liked it. It's a rare move. A little crunch, a little cool flavor to it with the coleslaw. Yeah, I'm a fan.
1: Must have been all those health episodes he taped on uh, TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: he was stopped in conversation while biting his food. Multiple times. No less than a dozen times by, uh, it seemed like the same lady over and over, it, right. just, just <laughs> but it wasn't It was a 75 year old woman going about four foot 10 who just yeah. had to give him a hug and yeah. whisper, uh, I, <laughs> I hope you win. <laughs> that was a good time. He was uh, a
1: nice guy. He really was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to Matt Buckwalter, our boss for hooking that up. That was very cool. Yep. And he, uh, he and his people assured us walking out that they are going to, Check out an episode of the podcast and um, arrange to get on the show.
1: We can only hope. Uh, but what you oh, can hope for right oh, I'm now, I'm going to do more than hope, buddy. <laughs> what you can we'll hope show for, show right up now. at
2: my man's house. Like uh, you made an, You made a yeah, promise. Yeah. Okay. You do that.
1: <laughs> what you can hope for right now is a great episode with some intense con. Excuse me, with some intense content. And uh, Brandon's going to be walking us through ten steps. His ten steps. Uh, for the bulletproof mindset, so this is going to be one of those ones. If you're driving, um, might be a good idea to, you know, hit pause and uh, take a, a voice memo or something like that on some of these notes because it really is systematic in how he lays it out. Uh, it's not formulaic, but uh, it certainly is very organized and very thought out. And so, one of those things we want to encourage you to maybe document, put down your notes tape one of these up on your visor on the truck and uh, take a look at it on a regular basis. Yeah. The organized part was Nate. The
2: very well thought out part was Brandon. Brandon's is a lot like me. <laughs> it's got a lot to offer. Uh, it's kind of all over the place and we need somebody like Nate to put it all into compartmentalized sections for us. Um, but he did send us over a list of 10. So hit, hit us up on Facebook. If you want to get that list
1: uh, emailed to you. Absolutely. Without further ado, we're going to put Brandon Duncan into your passenger seat. Our guest today is Brandon Duncan. He is the CEO and founder of My Buddy the Plumber, Electric Heating and Air, based out of Utah. And we're excited to have him on and joining us. He's actually a friend of Brian's that he met uh, on a vacation together, uh, at a vendor vacation. And uh, we're excited to have him join the show. So, welcome to the show, here, Brandon.
0: Thank you, guys, for having me. I really, uh, I've enjoyed your podcast over the last couple months. So, Ooh. once I met Brian and I've been listening, I really like it. Thanks.
2: Tell Thanks us that, that. Tell us that story. That amazing story of how you met Brian. This <laughs> is Nate, by the way, not Brian. <laughs> oh, obviously.
0: Yeah. So, um, ultimately, you know, when I've, you know, when I met Brian, we were on a, a mana trip in Hawaii. Uh, it was nothing but but excitement and, and relaxation. So it was quite the time.
2: Yeah. It was a great time. We hung out. What was the first time? Oh, they they had the, uh, of cabanas. Yeah. Man of cabanas. Sounds like a, uh, <laughs> like a Cuban singer, a man. Of cabana. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. They had the cabanas and we just started talking during, one of them and then ended up hanging out pretty much the whole rest of the week. So that was fun. We even went fishing together, caught my first mahi-mahi with uh, Brandon standing beside me.
0: Yeah. needless to say it was the only, only mahi-mahi caught. And, you know, it was a pretty long boat ride for, for one fish.
2: It was the only fish caught. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we caught any mammals either. We, <laughs> we,
0: caught, <laughs>
2: we caught one fish and the crew, didn't seem all that excited about us catching another fish, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Got paid. Yeah, I don't already. think
0: so. I mean, I don't know if the bait is, like, supposed to skip across the water, you know, but it just seemed like they were kind of there to take us on a pleasure cruise, you know, and our, our boy Judd just crashed out on the table, Judd, you know? Judd, that's right. So, pretty wild, but it was a good time. Me and Brian had a lot of time to talk and kind of go over you know how how he got to where he was, and and kind of my journey, and you know I think that's where we kind of get to know each other really well, uh, and you know and has led to kind of this moment.
2: Yeah, it was a great time. It, 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 you were great to connect with for sure. Um, I don't know, just just different from certainly anyone else I connected with on that trip, and we Brandon and I still text and chat pretty often as a result. And I've wanted to get you on and tell your story and talk about some of the things you talked about for some time. But getting you to click on a calendar link and go ahead and set that up, I've found to be impossible. I don't know how (laughs) Rochelle deals with it personally, but.
0: uh, It's a a defect.
2: Friday, I said we got a, we had a spot just open for this spot right here. I don't know, three days ago, I texted you, can you make it? You're like, yep. Like, okay, then why don't you just press the calendar two months ago?
0: <laughs> you know, I live. I live life. You know, quarter mile at a time. You ah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, okay. you,
2: you told me that while we were uh, standing on the back of a boat watching the sunset. Okay, I live my life a quarter mile
1: at a time. Nick Cage <laughs> over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate uh, you
2: being here now. And and <clears throat> the big thing I wanted to talk more about was how you said you teach and and uh, well you you use yourself teach your kids and teach your techs to have a bulletproof mindset and the way you explained what that meant and the fact that you have, you have that somewhat broken out by your 10 commandments or rules, if you will. I was like, dude, this, this would be a great episode of the podcast for me personally and for Nate, certainly. And then our listeners, obviously.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny, you you know, you kind of go, got to go back in time and, you know, I've developed been developing this over the past ten years, and and it's kind of funny because it really started with, you know, just I did a lot of the sales training, you know, and and so I'd have I'd have topics uh, here and there, but every once in a while, you know, I well, I just honestly I wouldn't prepare anything, and so I'd kind of freestyle, and we'd start talking about something, and it would kind of lead to this question, like okay, well, what is the most important thing to do in a plumbing service call? Or, or what is, you know, what's the most vital thing you could do? And then, I, so I would throw that out there. And, and if I threw that to you, Brian, like, like from start to finish in the whole process of a plumbing service call or an HVAC call, like give me some ideas of some things that you would say are the most important.
2: Ask them to buy.
0: Okay, I like that. So ask them to buy, and I'd write that on the board, and then you know, Nate, what do you think? What's some what what's some that's important in that process?
1: Yeah, setting clear expectations as to why you're there, what you're going to be doing, how long it's going to take, questions, etc.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and then we would talk about the value of you know the uniform and and showing up on time, and you know uh, you know close closing and and everything like that we would just go over it and then inevitably someone would throw out attitude you know and then all the guys would be like yeah yeah that's that's big that's big Mm -hmm. and i said okay well how big and then i i just say kids i said well let's do another experiment let's just num let's put these in order you know and and every time i did that attitude found its way to the very top and and i mean i've probably done this 10 times over 10 years and and every time attitudes found it at the top and so i would ask myself like okay well this ha- this is, th- it started to become a pattern so i would say like then i would kind of follow with a leading question okay well if attitude is the most important thing guys what is the last thing you did to improve your attitude? And they don't look at me like a blank slate. Like, right. Good so question. like I'd ask you guys, like what, you know, what's the last book you guys read for your attitude?
1: Uh, well, I just had lunch that improved my attitude. Does that count? Uh, you have
0: to have lunch <laughs> with
2: me, Brandon. You know what that'll do for, for a person's attitude. Dude, You've had many he, a he lunch don't... with me at this
1: point.
0: He's on fire then, you know, (laughs) don't tell him that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but, but the truth is, is that we, we have to, you know, we really like, if, if it is the most important thing, like how many books have I read about closing, how many books have I read about, you know, just presentation and things like that. And, and I will say that, you know, the great thing about most sales literature that's on the, in the market today from Jeffrey Gittimer to you know, Brian Tracy to uh, Grant Cardone, you know, they do talk about attitude in there. You know, they, they do they do approach this topic almost all of them. They understand the value, you know, as as well as closing and everything like that. But I just find that it's kind of the start. It's the catalyst. It's the spark that is going to ultimately bring all those pieces together. And I think that's why it it, it finds itself to the top. But what I found was, is that how many times of the day, you know, if I said to you, Brian, check in with me right now, where are you? One to, one to ten, where are you? I'd say uh, an eight right now, currently. An eight, right? And Nate, if I said the same thing to you, where are you checking in at?
1: That was the number I had, eight.
0: Cool. And, you know, to be honest, like, I check in most days at an eight. Um, but what I will tell you is that if that's, and that's a great number. Like for me, that's kind of what I ask my technicians to, to try to put their world on as an eight. I mean, 10 is something when something really walks in, you close a deal, you know, you can pump, you bump up to a 10 and, and you're really rolling. Like that, that happens. Um, And it's hard to stay on a 10, but I've seen guys, you know, really, really get on fire and and they're at that 10 level and nothing nothing seems to phase them i mean at that point they're teflon and everything is bouncing off of them and all they're doing is, is making money and and they're happy and and they're really performing but you and i we all know that you know as a technician in a truck it, it's very easy to start the day at an eight and then before long find ourselves at a four you ever been there Bry?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. In, in the truck, it's like a one phone call can derail your eight or six or whatever. And it's especially bad if you start the day at a four. <laughs> you only have you only have four pegs to to slide down from there.
0: Yeah, and that and that's what I what that's what I found is that some of these guys, you know, they had no chance. They they started a six, and then in this false reality that they live in, they literally believe. That the minute they approach Mrs. Jones's house, they can flip a magical switch and go from a six to an eight. Do you believe that, Brian? Um,
2: I do believe that all of our texts think that way naturally, <laughs> as did I in a truck until uh, no longer thought that way. And it's um, it, it would be a lot like a football team guy just walking past the locker room. I'm going to skip all this part here. I'm just going to go right out onto the field from whatever I came from outside of the building, arguing with the wife or, you know, what have you. Traffic getting cut off and getting into it with somebody. And you just walk right past the locker room where you get your head in the game and you, you know, get get uh, focused with your teammates and get that pep talk from the coach. And you just run right out onto the field, as, which is probably – A lot like the mindset that we carry naturally of just thinking we're going to go from whatever we were dealing with before we knock on this front door to to the time we're talking with this client
0: right we've all we've all played in that same game against the guy that's like okay now i'm going to turn it on you know dude i'm up by 10 points i know but right you're you're about to get it i'm going to turn it up now you're going to regret this and how many times does that ever really happen where the guy actually said he's going to turn it up and all of a sudden you're down by 10?
1: Well, in in terms of my children, uh, I feel like that happens nine times out of nine, out of 10. (laughs) 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 Keep on going see what
0: happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of attitude, I mean, I think it's counting to 10. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of attitude, you're you're, you're right on, man. Like uh, you, you can't, it's very difficult to manufacture attitude.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that that's the point that I'm trying to get across the technicians and, you know, and, and make a change in my guys and in myself, like, um, and that's, you know, and this process for me, you know, like I said, I, I had to go back and say like, cause you know, technicians and people that work with me will say to me like, Brandon, nothing phases you. Like you're just the most even-keeled guy I've ever met. Nothing phases you, and you know. And I always used to kind of think, "Well, is that me?" But that didn't always used to be me. And and then I kind of had to break down. Well, what what got me to hear that that nothing? I don't let anyone phase me because at 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 this point, like for example, you guys run a plumbing, heating, and air and electrical company, and big things come up every day, right? Sure. Sure. And you can't let that big thing take you off your game, right? No,
1: I mean, that's, that's part of leadership, right? You have to, you have to go out there and be the same consistent presence, no matter what the day is bringing.
0: Absolutely. And so that's kind of what I started just to figure out, what did I do different or what am I doing different than some of my technicians or some of my CSRs that, you know, seem to seem to fluctuate and to be a little more volatile, um, in their behavior throughout the day. And and maybe there's something I can give to them that can help keep them in the seat, help keep them focused. And, and again, you know, if you think about it this way, no matter what you're dealing with in the day, um, whether it be like a disciplinary action or whether it be a bonus or whatever it is, if you approach that situation at a four and handle it, or if you approach it at an eight, the outcome is Though, it, though the situation gets handled, the outcome is probably vastly different. Would you agree? I agree. Yeah. So I would just say that, you know, life, you know, if we really want to succeed, then really what it is, is, you know, handling as many situations that we find ourselves in at an eight instead of a six and a four, you know? Yeah. So ultimately, I think that's, you know, that's what it adds up the grand... Some of your life handling an eight will be a great thing if you handle most of your problems at an eight. But if you're handling most of the problems at a four, you know, you're, you're going to get a mediocre outcome.
1: Oh, that sounds so intriguing, Brandon. I'm glad we have you on. Uh, you've talked about how you found your way here on the episode as a guest. How about you bring us up to speed on how you found your way into the trades to begin with?
0: Yeah, so uh, I was really fortunate at a father who owned a plumbing company, he did a uh, commercial plumbing. And uh you know, I I would go to job sites with him since I was probably twelve years old, you know, and it was just something to do, hang out with dad and and uh, you know, and then I started working for him, you know, full time when I turned eighteen. Um and, you know, I started just you know, I, I started traveling from state to state doing walmart super centers and and neighborhood markets and and sam's clubs and things like that and you know i through that process i was really grateful you know uh because that's where i learned how to be a real plumber i learned the trade um and that was invaluable when i but eventually you know the economy took a tank i was actually uh most of my time with my father was actually running around the same town as is Brian over in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, nice. So so it was, like I said, but I was just doing a, di- I was tackling a different animal. I was just, you know, doing commercial plumbing and, you know, learning how to be a plumber. Uh, but, you know, it was a, that was a huge blessing for me. And I'll kind of talk about that um, a little bit later, but it was a blessing that I learned to be a plumber. I had no idea how to do sales. I had no idea how to approach customers. I, But, you know, the one thing I did have is that I was a good plumber. You know, and that, that helped me later on in my career when I found service, um, just being, you know, being a professional and knowing how to do most of the jobs that I ran across. Um, but ultimately, the economy tanked. Uh, I ended up having to bounce out of Las Vegas. I basically ran into, uh, I was unemployed for about nine months, and the only company that was hiring was a company called Whipple Service Champions here in Salt Lake City. And, uh, you know, I'll forever be grateful for, you know, them and Kent Whipple, the owner that, you know, kind of brought me in and and showed me the way. You know, ultimately, uh, I would have to say that, you know, Kent Whipple was the one that, you know, when I said that, you know, kind of how I came up with this program, Kent Whipple was the one, one of my big steps is, you know, a mobile university basically, you know, taking your service truck and turning it into a university where, you know, you're reading books and things like that. He's the one that got me started on that. And, and those books have been, you know, a catalyst to a lot of changes in the behavior. I mean, when I went to work for Kent Whipple after being unemployed for nine months and, you know, I thought I'd, I thought I'd apply with him and I'd just get the job. But to be honest, I was, I came back to Salt Lake City. I was living in my mother-in-law's basement. Um, you know, I was barely, you know, after being unemployed for nine months, I didn't have a really a dollar in my bank account. I was desperate. I kind of came back from Las Vegas from my tail between my legs and, uh, you know, kind of a shell of who I who I was. So, you know, I couldn't have come to a better place in the world than, you know, to to get into a company that that actually cared about my growth. They cared about, you know, me becoming my my best self and so it was a huge blessing to kind of find that um and to be honest I think that you know the the only reason that I ended up kind of on my own was just that I really didn't understand one of the principles and that is when I you know I I started to make these changes and in making the changes I started seeing some really hard obstacles come up and I I backed away from them in the company that I was at and I wasn't quite ready. And I, I, I guess I wish I would have known that those were coming. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, I think that there's so many ways to to go and make it big. I mean, even working for Kent Whipple and getting through that, you know, that, that little hiccup, you know, I know that there's so much money in service that a guy can come and, you know, live a great life and, and find a company that feels like home and, progresses in and you know like I said i i feel in that way you know i i kind of fell down and so i in basically what i found myself doing is i actually was showing up late to meetings because we had so many and uh you know i had a lot going on in my life at the time and you know i wasn't the exemplary employee um and i ended up to be honest they ended up letting me go Mm. and and so I had to, you know, I had to sit with that, and at that point, I, I really had no choice but to either go work for another service company or try to figure this out on my own. And, you know, I think I told Brian when I when I started, I literally I went and found a van on on our local uh, we we call it KSL, but maybe it's like Craigslist. You know, just I found a van uh, that some dude had, and I literally paid. He wanted five grand for it. I had, you know, forty seven hundred dollars, some of it in loose change, and he ended up giving me a I told him I said, Well, would you take forty five hundred? and and he ended up saying yes and it saved me the embarrassment of paying in loose change. And so um but it was every dollar I had and and you know and I thought that life was hard at Whipple Service Champions. Well it just got a little bit harder and I needed to really get a game plan for where I was going. And, and so I just, like I said, I, I just really dug in. Um, and, and that was kind of the, the start of, you know, kind of learning this process. And to be honest, like as a company, you know, it took, it took five years to really start making some real changes and some real moves. And for me to figure out, you know, where I was going and, and how to really, uh, maximize this mindset so that you can you know, really get to the next level. So um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to know about like my story or, but that's well, kind of it. I mean,
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I love the authenticity of it. You know, the fact that you were kind of down and out and, and turned the whole thing around. And I'm sure that's where a lot of your motivation for having that attitude comes from because you've been on the other side of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, today, you know, I, I think that it, you know, it's hard for me to be as relatable as I once was. I mean, I the guys that, you know, came to work for me from day one, you know, I mean, we were kind of a band of brothers that, you know, I mean, guys that make comments to me all the time, like, well, I love working for a guy that his house is smaller than mine, <laughs> 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 and, and I think that that, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, ultimately did endear people to me and and i and i always tried to keep it that way i try to you know i think that's so important to give back to your people and and uh you know really you know to be part of you know be part of it And, and i've loved every part of the process because though there have been some really hard challenging moments in running my own company like who i've become in the process is someone that you know i'm i'm proud of today and and i've what i'm really proud of is you know seeing these individuals that have trusted me come in and, and watch them thrive and watch them grow and, and hit some of their goals that they've set. I mean, nothing like to this point, to be honest, like I challenge all my guys to write their goals on mirrors and then text them to me, you know? And, you know, and then I write on my, and then the picture I text back to them was just basically my goal on the mirror saying that my goal is to help you reach your goals you know?
1: Yeah. I love that. And
0: so it's kind of fun to, you know, and, and I, I just believe that as you own what you're doing and you, you really can put it on that mirror and you can account for it every day, you're going to see some changes happen. And like I said, so I have it kind of broken out in a mindset. I don't know if you guys are ready to jump into that or the steps or
1: Absolutely, man. So we're, we're focusing on the concept that you brought to us, which is absolutely actually having that bulletproof mindset. So bulletproof in terms of you know not allowing anything to affect it or to bump it off of course, I'm guessing, right?
0: Yeah, like I said, I mean, <clears throat> if, if the goal is to operate and make as many decisions at an eight to have the best outcome, then we can't let these trivial things that come into our lives get us off the track. And and we're all, we all live real lives. And, you know, especially, like I said, our technicians, like, for example, when Brandon came into the service industry, my life was volatile. You know, I didn't know if I'd be able to pay the bills the next month. I was depressed. I, you know, I had a lot of stuff that I needed to clean up and and ultimately i had to develop this mindset so that i could change and so that i could see a better outcome and a better future and and it's been you know it's, like i said it's been a, an 11 year process but i feel like at this point like I've, it's finally starting to unfold and i you know and now it's just really for me it's just a pattern of you know keeping that up and watching the byproduct of operating at that level of attitude come into my life.
1: Okay well you've given us 10 steps here to kind of prompt you on and I want to start off with what is step number one and I would assume you kind of listed these in order of you know first things first so is step number one the thing that we need to do first before everything else follows and, and what is it?
0: Well step number one is to set inspire goals you know um, and I, I use the word like inspired because uh, I think that there's a difference between setting a goal that that is just a goal that we write down. And there's, there's a goal that we feel like it came from somewhere else that literally it was inspired. It came to us and therefore we can have more faith in it. And, and I always used to tell you know, I still tell my guys this, but I say, you know, you know, your goal should require a small miracle, you know, and I know that like for, you know, for some people that, that really, you know, they, they hear it and they say, oh, that's cool. And But for me, I'll be honest with you, like I've found in in having 10 years of setting goals, I've just seen that I've always set the goal knowing that I'm capable of this much, but that there is that force out in the universe, you know, and call it what you want, but that is there to help us get to that next level and I've just I've I've kind of leaned into that and said hey I can do this much and I just I'm going to expect that if I do this much that this much will be made up and 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 more and every time I've done that 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 goal has been delivered to me so I just say like that's how you know that you you've got a goal that you that's inspired you got a goal that you can put some faith in and we'll talk a little bit more of that down the, down the line. And, and, and just so you know, like I got this pattern of setting goals, um, mainly from the book, Think and Grow Rich. So, you know, that's something that, you know, I'm really big on in these books. So this came uh, from
2: Napoleon Hill. That was the one you said really, really changed your life, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's one that, um, that that I can say like even you know what was really cool about that book is um it was recommended me to me by Kent Whipple the owner of uh, Whipple Service Champions and I just told him I said hey you know you got me reading these books but I don't I don't really like to read can I can I take a shortcut what's the best one you know just give me the best one your favorite and he then that's the book he told me think and grow rich you know and I said well if that's his favorite, then I'm going to go and read it. And what was kind of cool with that book that happened for me was, you know, I took it home. I started reading it. And then I I, can't, I kind of turned to my wife and said, hey, you know, I think you should read this book. And so she started reading the book. And what was really cool is that literally she started, uh, she started reading it and, and seemed even more excited about it than I was and in fact she was so so excited about the process and just started practicing the principles that she ended up writing a children you know kind of having this idea that she should write a book it ended up morphing into like a children's book she said that literally you know the the book kind of just came to her and she just wrote it down she ended up getting it published and you know started kind of marketing it oh, nice. um
1: what's the, what's the book and, title
0: it's just called middle schmiddle it's just a a children's book it's you know kind of about our three girls and you know and and it was just one of those things that for her it was just, and i saw that um i saw that come to fruition and i thought i mean that there's really i mean that, there was some there was in my mind just some divine assistance that all went into that and I, it kind of woke me up to the potential and so you know, I took I took the challenge and I wrote down some goals, you know, and and I started, you know, executing them and started and then watching them start to to happen in my own life. And so that was the book that really, you know, if you want a book that's gonna help you lay out some good, faith filled goals, start with that one. That's a great one. And then one of the principles in the book that you'll read, and this is part of my part of my deal in step number two, is to read those goals twice a day. Right? So you got to put them in a spot that you're going to, you're going to read them. So, um, I, I personally put them on the back of my phone. I don't know about YouTube, but literally I have this phone with me nonstop. Yeah. I would never see it because so, I'm always staring at the screen. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Well, mine's just the screensaver in the back. It always reminds me that they're there. It holds me accountable to them. And that's where I put them. Um, but, I, you know, for step number three. Oh, you mean the, read, your,
2: your, the background of your phone, like your screensaver? Yeah, the background. Okay, okay. Yeah, the screensaver. So it's
0: just, it's just my goals in the background of the phone. And, you know, and, and a lot of the times, like I said, and one thing, so I have this guilty habit. I play solitaire, you know. It's like the weakness in my bulletproof mindset. But I do play this <laughs> game. And um, and and what I have is I have that, that one app. And I actually put it. Um, I put that as the one app. So when I scroll over, all I can see is my goals, and then that that app lays on top of them. And you know, most of the time, it, it is a time for me to reflect. You know, and and if I go to play it, you know, I at least I'm seeing my goals in full full effect. You know, so it keeps me it keeps me accountable. But then I I kind of liked. So I've been what I've been trying to do is write them on mirror. Because I, I I read a book by David Goggins. Uh, Can't hurt me. Any of you guys read that one yet?
2: Oh, yeah. Audiobook. Yeah.
0: yeah. Audio. Oh, that's all I do, by the way. And okay. Don't right. get it twisted. Yeah, let's get that like, cleared um, up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I thought yeah, I liked this clear. guy. He's talked about nothing but reading. I'm,
2: I think I'm out on him. All right. Good. Audiobooks. Yeah. We're on the same Just page. Just so you know, like, uh, let's, pardon let's the pun.
0: be clear. Like, and, and I think that, you know, I want people to know one of the things that I think that, that people need to know about me and is that you know, to kind of go back and hopefully to give a little bit of, of validity to this process is that literally I spent my entire education in the resource program, you know? And so I try to tell people like, you know, there's, you know, this pro- this process is not about taking, you know, smart people. And it's about taking like, you know, most of us that, that find ourselves in the trades typically, you know, have some sort of learning disability, whether it's dyslexia, whether it's, uh, you know, just sort of a, a processing, pro, you know, auditory processing problem, or whether it's just attention, you know, ADD or whatever, whatever you we get labeled with.
2: That's a huge, that one. yeah. Oh, I, I can, I can't, I can name on one hand, probably less than one hand, one finger, the amount of techs I knew, I know, or knew, or grew up with, or worked with that were like honor roll students. Like those, those guys went off to college. Those guys yeah. went off to something else. It was rare that. That you know you're dealing with a fellow technician, plumber, HVAC, electrical, what what have you, who's uh, extremely skilled in the classroom.
0: Yeah, and and I found that too, and I found it in my company, and and I'll tell you that it, it's not a it it, it doesn't it's not indicative of intelligence. It's just that you you have something. And a really good book, you know, that I read uh, was Malcolm Gladwell's David versus Goliath. You know, that was kind of the keys that unlocked. Um, my excuses, you know, I had all these excuses built around, you know, that I, I had these disabilities or that I wasn't as smart as the next guy. And then all of a sudden, Malcolm Gladwell writes this book and tells me that my dyslexia is a superpower. And I, I look at it through a different paradigm and see where it really is a superpower. And just instead of fighting it, I started leaning into it. And, and, and now I really do believe that this dyslexia is, is a superpower for me because of the way that it allows me to process information. Um, the way that I've, you know, built workarounds that people don't see and don't even know exist. So that's a really good one. If, you know, if you're a technician, you're listening and you, you really do, you're kind of down on yourself. Like, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's David versus Goliath is a, is a game, was a game changer for me. Um, for sure.
1: Oh, well, I had a question for you, Brandon. So I mean, step one is, is setting inspired goals, which I love that. And it's certainly the time of year that traditionally people focus on the annual goals or big goals that they want to accomplish during the year and then put them, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, review, the goals twice a day. And that's the part that I wanted to ask you, like in terms of reviewing the goals, is, is that something you're saying out loud or is it just like the mental image, do you have to have an accountability partner that you can actually like go over the goals with them or, or what do you utilize for your review?
0: Yeah. So like I said, for me, um, I just kind of review them, you know, I really look at it and to be honest, like what I have found that if, if you really believe that goal, like when you set it and you're inspired on it, like, like if I sometimes miss that step, it's not that I, you know, it's not that I'm not reviewing it. I just, I would say that give yourself some credit that you're thinking about it in the day. You know, that also counts, right? We don't have to, We don't have to have this, uh, ritual of, I look at it and read it, but I do, if, if I can't, if I'm not thinking about it every day, and I would just tell you that also, if you find yourself, um, not thinking about it every day, then it's probably not an inspired goal. That makes sense. Probably, Probably not the right mark. And you know, one, one funny thing that I did too, was like, I would, I would take my goals and I would use them as passwords into different accounts. Oh, I like that. You know, so that I, so that I was writing them Son of a every gun. day.
2: Where'd you get that, bro?
0: Dude, just I can't tell anyone my goals sometimes because then they got like half my password. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but but I do try to I do try to mix it up. I can't just put it like the dollar amount. But it it just it I, is I amazing. Love that. Like. For, I love that. Yeah, like think there's, about how there's many something you,
1: exactly something so annoying about how many passwords you have to enter on a daily basis and to have that at your fingertips, you know, five times a day. That's, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. and So it's powerful because you're manifesting it, you know, like letting people know, you know, that this is your goal. And, and again, I will tell you another thing I didn't write in this, it, but I will throw just as we talk about goals, um, you have to be careful but i would just tell you that i've I, I was very open with people about my goals very early on you know and you know it's funny as i've as i've reached some of these milestones in my life i've had a lot of people come back to me that i told you know 10 years ago about these goals and you know some of them have come come clean and said you know brandon i either thought you were crazy or you were just the most arrogant sob i've ever met you know and and i i kind of laugh at that because You know, I I do realize that sometimes when you're talking about these lofty goals and if people aren't in that mindset and they're not working to reach them, these things that you're saying to them are are ridiculous and just so unattainable that they can't even process it. I mean, I remember one year I went to my mother and this was probably year four in my business, year, year four, year five, and I just told her like... I told her a dollar amount. I I told her I was going to make $350,000 that year. And that was more than double what I made the year before, you know? And my mom kind of just started laughing, you know? And she said, you know, Brandon, do you have any idea how much money that is? And I said, well, I I think I have a good idea. And, um, but I'm just, you know, I'm just letting you know that's what's going to happen. The Ferrari outside
1: has a good idea how much money that is.
0: Yeah. And, (laughs) And so, so needless to say, you know, like, not only was I, you know, like by, by telling my mother that and having her laugh at me, you know, really did give me fire, you know? And, and so sometimes like, you know, you hear people like, like people like Michael Jordan, they, they use these things to fuel them. And and sometimes I would, depending on, you know, what I could tell what someone thought, I thought, well, I can do this and I will do it. And so you, it really does create an accountability team, much like this uh, David Goggins, he has this accountability mirror, you know, and that's where I think that, you know, I, this is something that I'm doing now. Uh, It's kind of my first year to kind of really enact the mirror because I do like the idea that I have to stand in front of it and own it. You know, this is me. I wrote that goal down and I have to own it. And I think that's something, I think there's something powerful to that. And I would just say like, you know, David Goggins is also a dude that's, you know, knows how to hit, put some goals out there and go hit them, you know? So if anyone wants, you know, like I said, if you want to clean up your goal setting, think and grow rich, uh, you know, David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, is, uh, you know, another one. I, I'm telling you, man, I, I read that book and I thought, dude, I am such a wussy, <laughs> you know? I can't even, you know, this guy is, like, amazing. And I'm over here, like I can barely wake up to go think about running. Right. Yeah. I hear you
1: on that. All right, Brandon. So, so we, we've covered three goals or, or excuse me, three steps already. So set inspired goals, review your goals twice a day and put your goals where you will see them. What's the next one?
0: The next one's uh, you know, set up your mobile university, right? Like we have all these technicians that, that don't know the, the sacredness of that time they have in their truck while they travel around. Um, we have a lot of executives. We have CSRs like, you know, um, one of my CSRs the other day told me that, you know, she drives quite a ways to get into work. And she says, you know, Brandon, I, I you know, I need to get a raise because I, I can't afford the gas to, to get into work. And I kind of thought about that. I thought, well, I just can't give her money to give, give her gas. And I thought, well, I said, Hey, Stephanie, you know, you've, you've kind of, you, you read, I recommended a book to her. She read and, um, and she, you know, she really enjoyed it and it's, you know, kind of got back to me on it. And, you know, one thing that we do here at my buddy, the plumber is that we pay our technicians a hundred dollars for every book they read and, and kind of give a, a book report, oh, that's nice. you know? So, yeah. So it's kind of nice that they don't have to, you know, like they always say, well, I can't afford the book. And I said, well, you get a hundred bucks when you're finished. So invest in yourself and give me a report and we'll pay for that. And so I told her, I said, you know, Stephanie, you drive, you know, 45 minutes each way, you know, that sounds like a book a week to me. That's a hundred bucks. You know, he told me it's about a hundred bucks a week in gas, you know, Maybe it's time to put, you know, really treat that time as sacred and start investing in your future and get your gas paid for.
1: So did she and do she it? was
0: like, "Well, I'm going to ask her today. This was something we just went over like two days ago. Oh, okay, gotcha. She had a she she did have a mirror at her desk, so I took the sharpie and wrote down free gas. All I got to do is read my book. Oh, that's you know,
1: great man, that's great.
0: And so it's kind of cool that, you know, to, to see and help, you know, help people do this. But again, to go back to technicians, you know, they, they drive at least two hours a day, at least no matter where they live. And so, but a lot of the times I've been a technician and, you know, I love music and I love sports radio. That's really my guilty pleasure. Like if I'm, that's the one thing that gets in the way of my mobile university is sports radio. Um, and, and for some people, it's talk radio, you know, they want to be up on the latest political movement and whatever, but I would just say like, at what cost, mm. you know, what are you giving up every day? You know, what could you be learning? What would make you the most interesting person in the company you work for? <clears throat> and my, my, my thing to say to them is it would be to, to gain this information that you're finding in these books and, and sharing it with others. You would be the most interesting person that worked here if you you know, if you were you started a steady habit. So again, my challenge to people is, you know, to read a book every thirty days. So you set up a mobile university, read a book every thirty days.
1: I love it. And that's in many ways why we are doing what we're doing right now. We are attempting to create a form of information for people to im em- better themselves, right? To to get better, to empower themselves, to to learn and grow in ways that they wouldn't just listening to the latest pop song or, you know, talk radio and all those things.
0: Yeah. They, there's just no question. And, and so, like I said, that podcasts are great too. We support, you know, anything that's going to to going to take you to the next one. Number five, it's kind of about that daily check-in. So I always say, you know, you got to get on the scale every day and that's where you have to honestly evaluate yourself and say, where am I? You know, am I at a, you know, one through 10? Am I at an eight? Am I at a five? Where am I? And every day, you know, and maybe it's before you get in your truck, maybe before you walk in the office door, you know, you, you check in, you weigh in, and then you go to work to keep that. Because again, if you start at an eight, you know, the chances are that, It won't take many shots to knock you down to a six.
1: But from an attitude standpoint, you know, I I think you're so right there. Uh, We talk in other podcasts and many times around here, like what starts well usually ends well. And I think that goes for your mindset as well. If you come into the day and you're already at like a three or a two, I mean, what do you think your day is going to be like? Right. Right. Same same concept, yeah. if you go into a home and you're saying like, there's no way this person is buying this, there's no way this person is going to go for this, there's no way this person is going to spend this kind of money, yeah, you better believe uh, there's a better than average chance you're right because you're treating yeah. everything like that and your body and your your non-verbal cues and everything else is, is portraying that attitude to the client and they're going to pick up on it one way or another.
0: I couldn't have said it better, brother. I love it. So, yeah, check in. Um, you know, step six. At this point, you've, you've kind of, you set the goal, you're reviewing it, you've, you've got a mobile university, you're making changes, um, you're checking the scale. Now, here's, I like to relate this to going to the gym. Like, you know, if you work out like Brian and you just kind of grab those 15s and pump them up and look in the mirror, you know, ain't much, ain't much going to change. I know. I know that's not true, Brian. That was a cheap shot. That was a cheap shot. Hey, a cheap shot. But, but, Brian, think about that. What does it take if you want to change the way you look physically? What is it going to take for you to change it at the gym? What do you got to do?
2: Yeah, progressive overload, they call it. A little bit more yeah. than you did last time. Every time.
0: Yeah. And you got to tear your muscles, right?
1: Absolutely. You, you have to break them down if you want to build them up.
0: That's exactly it. And so if we kind of know that we're, we're going, we're getting ready to enter a big change. Like, you know, like for me, it's like, okay, like I'm optimistic that I'm going to reach my goals, but I promise that in, in mixing up your life this way and in, you know, set challenging yourself this way, the universe is going to put some things in front of you that are going to are going to get you ready for those goals and the attainment of those goals. And those come in the form of a challenge. You know, you're going to be hit hard. And this is the one I told you, like when I was working for Whipple, I didn't, I didn't realize that some challenges were going to come up. And I thought that that was indicative that I was on the wrong track, but really it wasn't that I was on the wrong track. I just didn't accept the challenge. I turned away from it. And though lo, lo and behold i changed directions but i would just say that that in whatever we're doing you know we just have to lean into it so this is where i say um you're gonna you're gonna accept the challenge and you're gonna find your mantra so i i wanted to know like nate do you got any mantras that you you practice you ever say to yourself do you repeat when things get hard uh waste no day
1: of course now I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, I, Dude, I can't. A, I mean, being being totally frank, I'm not sure that there is necessarily a phrase or or any specific thing that I would repeat over and over again. But, I mean, you know, all I have to do is is uh, come home uh, to the set of five eyeballs that look at me when I walk through the door and come running and give me hugs and things like that, and that's that's enough to make a whole world of difference in my life. I've seen his yep. wife, Sarah, and she only has two eyeballs, so I don't know <laughs> I'm just getting this. I don't appreciate
2: him talking about her like that. <laughs> I always had one uh, I heard. It wasn't a Brian Tracy quote, but I heard it on a Brian Tracy audio book, and he, he does tend to credit um, the author. He doesn't plagiarize, but I don't remember who it was, but I've just said it a million times in my head and occasionally training, which is... If it is to be, it's up to
0: me. Yeah,
2: that one, that was that uh, that one's helped me
0: out a lot. You bet. You know and that 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 was a Kent Whippleism. He used that one a lot too. You know, and, and like I said, he was a mentor to me, and and i i found myself using that one as well. Um, one that I one that I stole from uh, Tony Robbins is, you know, success and failure are on the same road. Success is just a little further down the road. You mm-hmm. know, That's good. um. One that I also like, and I, I thought I'd give you a couple that I, you know, give these guys a couple that I use. Um, you know, I went through uh, Charlie Greer training. I don't know if you guys have done anything with Charlie Greer. but know uh, no but but haven't, haven't used anything. He, he's the tech daddy. And one of the things that he said that he would practice is, you know, we've all been on that job that that goes sideways. You know, you, you need to get home. You've got family pictures. And you know, the job, you know, you're missing a part. You, you know, you, you drilled your hole in the wrong spot. It just is, it's unraveling before your eyes. And, you know, you kind of have a choice to either, you know, blow your plans up or really get hyper-focused and get this done as quickly as you possibly can. And so one of the things that he would say is he would say, he said, sometimes I just got to even go in the other room. And I would repeat, I am not going to let anything that has affected me up to this point, affect me moving forward. And, and he would say that, he says, you know, I had to say that sometimes five and 10 times, but I would say it until I believed it. And then I would go back with into the situation with a new set of eyes and I would move forward as if none of that had ever happened. And that way I was taking the cleanest, clearest approach to the problem. And I, I, I love, really like that. Yeah,
1: I love the concept of, you know, the mind flush or however you want to look at that and saying, okay, you know, time out here. What I'm allowing myself to think on and focus on is is no more. I mean, it doesn't mean that it goes away, but it means that there's a there's a time and place to say, okay, here's where things are. Here's what I'm going to do about it. Here's what I can do about it. Here's what I can't do about it. Now let's move on.
0: Yeah. and And, you know, he even said that, you know, you use this at home. You know, and I, and I've used it at home, you know, Saturday morning ain't going quite my way. I know that if I take this number two attitude with me all day, <clears throat> I'm going to ruin all five of those people's fun for the rest of the day because I'm, I'm the guy with the bad attitude. Right. And, you know, I've had to leave the situation and take the mantra with me and say the same thing and say, Hey, you know, I'm not going to let anything affect me that's affecting me at this point, affect me moving forward. And then I get in the car and, you know, carry my eight with me as long as I can. Because, but again, you know, we, we all kind of get in those scenarios and we got to kind of have some of these mantras. And my last one that I, that I, this is kind of the, the branded one is just that ultimately when these things come up, I repeat to myself, man, I cannot wait for that thing that's about to happen to me come into me, come to me because man, it is getting, it's getting real up in here, you know, and, but because I've practiced this strategy for so long, it's like, to me, it's the evidence that I'm on the right track, just knowing that it's about to, it's about to break and that good thing is about to come rushing in.
1: Mm. Great stuff today, Brandon. Uh, Can you review all, review all of those for us one more time?
0: So the first one, like I said, is, uh, like I said, by Tony Robbins, he says, basically that, um, success and failure are on the same road, success is just a little further down the road. And I, like I said, I really like that one. Um, I re- like my, the one by, uh, the tech daddy is, uh, you know, basically that, that I will not let anything that's affected me up to this point affect me moving forward. And then, like I said, my personal mantra is: whenever something is going sideways, I accept the challenge and just say, I can't wait for what is about to happen and come into my life to happen because this is, this has gotten real and this has gotten hard.
1: Excellent. Okay. So uh, we've done set inspired goals, review your goals twice a day, put your goals where you'll see them, set up your mobile university, get on scale every day. And did I miss one or, or is our six where we are?
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe we're off. I'm, I think my list is a little different than yours, but let's mine. I'm on, let's go, let's go to, let's just say six or seven or whatever. I'm on seven on mine. And it just says recharge your batteries, you know? And, and ultimately this is a, this is kind of a personal thing because as I've, one of the, one of the people I really like to read his stuff is Patrick Lincioni.
1: Oh yeah. Good. Day. I don't know.
0: Good guy, you know, runs the table group podcast. Um, but one of the things that he, he, he has really taught me is that everyone has these working geniuses, you know, and what may charge my batteries may not charge yours. And so we need to really be mindful of what charges our batteries and, and how we do it. So I kind of have some ideas on, you know, like for me, what charges my batteries are these books I read. They give me confidence. They give me inspiration. They really give me, um, they give me hope. And so those are the, that's why I, you know, I do the, the mobile university. And so, like I said, even, even as a, the owner of a company, you know, you never arrive because these books are what are you is what you're going to be putting in your people. So you've got to constantly be filling the tank. And now instead of motivating one person, you've got to get enough information to motivate 80. And so it's an even, you know, I feel more obligation to this behavior than I ever have, because if it is to be, it is up to me. And I better have something in the tank to give my team or or what good am I?
1: Okay. uh, Excellent stuff there, Brandon. I I love the concept of recharging the batteries. And I I think you're right on there in in terms of what works for me isn't going to work for somebody else. So that's really a personal question, right? When it comes down to it, it it needs to be answered by I person. Nate, do you have something
0: that that charges your battery? I mean, what's something that you you do?
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Is, Is that the recharging batteries piece, does that need to be during the work day or is that just at any given point during the day in
0: general? I think it's, I think it's at any given point. I just think you need to know when your when your tank is, is getting low, you know, like if you want to get to where you're going, it, it and we'll, and I'll, I think it'll start to come together as we talk about why you're going to need full batteries is because, you know, you're going to be given back in this, in this. So you've got to have the energy to give to people. And, and, and that's the same thing. Like, You know, I tell my technicians all the time, like you want to see your numbers go, go up. When you visit Mrs. Jones, you let her take some of your energy. You let her feel you. And that will be different than anything she's ever experienced. You know, she's going to leave there. She started the day at a six. And after having you in her home, she's matching your energy at an eight and she, she doesn't know why she feels so great, but she knows that she feels great just being around you.
1: Yeah, that, that's really good. And I think drawing your customers up to your level is, is your responsibility, right? You you know, if you're living your life, hoping that the next client that you see is going to help your attitude improve, that's, that's a gamble. I'm not willing to take.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and don't, don't fall on that one. But like, Brian, what's something you do to recharge your batteries? you got any ideas of what you do?
2: The Probably the same as you. It's a uh, a, a piece of a book, audio book. Uh, there are some podcasts that I'll listen to to recharge other than the Waste No Day podcast. Mostly the Waste No Day podcast, but there are some other there ones. There you go. Um, and there are certain and, YouTube videos that I can watch pretty much any time that um, – I mean, what is it when our batteries are, are drained and dead? It's not typically that we or at least for me, it's not that I give too much or that I'm that I'm too um, social or, or hyping too many people up. It's that I'm getting hit with too many negative things. So the way I operate is I'm, I'm usually um, you know high energy and, and high um, motivation, and that's just kind of how I roll, but then I have to deal with so many you know bad things throughout the day those actually take big chunks of energy out of me cuz that's not me operating in my natural state so that's when I'll have to use something to and a lot of times it can actually just be a conversation with you know one of my peers Nate Aaron Buckwalter, Mike Vavrick, where um this these conversations will get me back on track and re-energize me
0: yeah i think that's great and I, you know and you said it you actually said it really well because for some people, they may recharge their batteries through service, you know, and, and so it, it really is like, it's going to be up to you to figure out like, and then, you know, and some people may recharge their batteries by mentoring, you know, so there's, there's just different ways. And those are some ideas that I've found, and I've seen work for individuals that work for me, you know, and it may not be through these books. But like I said, I would, I would, I would really encourage that. You know, the, the books just give you so much motivation and they give you so much information and 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 it allows you to then have something to give, you know, something that you may not have that you didn't have before. But now you do. And now you can share it with the world and, and really make a change and watch people's lives change. So it's it's a really that's a really good way to charge those batteries because you're going to go and, and give it.
1: Speaking of watching lives change, I believe that takes us into a nice segue to step number eight, which is find a mentor and be willing to ask for honest and constructive feedback.
0: Yeah. So, and, and I would even add to that, like, get ready to be a mentor, you know, not only are you going to go and and find a mentor, but then find someone to mentor, you know, like start to become the person that, that someone is going to come to and seek some advice. Start becoming the person that, that is going to charge their batteries. And, but again, as you, as you find it, you know, in this industry, like, I mean, do you ever like see a technician, ask another technician and them just flat out tell them, no, I'm not willing to help you. I
1: don't, I'm not sure that I've seen it, but uh, you can hear it in the lack of responses in like the text message groups or that type of thing.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I, you know, I, I can say that we've, you know, we've seen that some of that here too. And, but I would say though, if, if a technician, you know, I guess the way that would kind of show that someone really was looking to change would be that, you know, they would single someone out and they would approach them and they would, they would move with intention and they would find that person and let them know that, that they are someone that they look to as a mentor. And a lot of the times as we approach people that way, you can break down a lot of those walls and barriers by just letting them know that you see them as a leader and a mentor and someone that's, you know, you're, you're, you want to model your life around.
1: Is, is that when you say with intentionality, I mean, I, I've always looked at that as a two way street, right? You have to be willing to invest, but they also have to be willing to receive or you have to be willing to receive even if they're willing to invest.
0: Yeah, I, and, and I agree with that 100%. I just think that ultimately, you know, in the in this process, you just have to really trust that, you know, you have to start building relationships and be vulnerable, right? Like, that's kind of what you're saying. Like, I have to be vulnerable. Like, if I really want to be mentored, I have to be humble. You know, Patrick Lincioni, he always says, be smart, hungry, and humble. And I love those those acronyms, smart enough to know where to get the, the help You know, hungry enough to go get it, and humble enough to be taught.
1: Mm, So good, you know,
0: and so, yeah you you just have to have these behaviors, or else, you know, someone's not going to be. You know, if I'm not humble, if I came to you and said, "Hey, you know, Nate, mentor me, man," and then you start mentoring me, I'm like, "Yeah, I got that, bro. No big deal. You got anything else?" (laughs) You're like, (laughs) "Right, right. nope, I'm all out." (laughs) Yeah. So it's 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 about being ready to be mentored. You know, and I think a good, and the reason why I recommend like trying to become a mentor is so that you can maybe understand what, what it feels like to be on the other aisle when someone doesn't appreciate the thing that you recommend and you're like, Oh, you know, and so, and maybe you'll see that in yourself.
1: That's, that's great advice, Brandon. And I think you're so right on there with, with seeing it in yourself or, or seeing it something in yourself, in somebody else. And I mean, I can see that in my children where I see something they're doing and I'm like, uh, where'd they learn that at? Uh, (laughs) or, or or the things that, you know, in, in peers or at work, the things that annoy you the most about somebody is because it's in direct, um, a direct mirror of who you are or a weakness in your own life. And that's why it's annoying to you because you see it in them and you also know it's a problem in
0: you. Yeah. And, and you know, one, like one last thing is like, you know, this one really does help, but people don't do. But if you really have the balls to ask someone for some honest feedback, you know, and, and ask someone that will give it to you, that's what a good mentor will do is be honest with you, but ask them about your weaknesses. You know, if you really want to change, ask them and, you know, then you, you'll, you'll get some nuggets that, you know, people have been wanting to tell you. I just don't know how cuz they you know we're also worried about hurting people's feelings but at the same time if you know i had a guy one time pull me aside and you know and, and just you know we were, we were i was on a team and you know my teammate wasn't the wasn't the strongest member and so when i was kind of giving my report i kind of kept saying i i i did this i did this and yet i'm on a team with this other guy and I'm, and I'm doing this. And at the end of the meeting, the guy pulled me aside and said, Brandon, I think you're a hell of a guy. But I'm telling you, after that meeting, everyone else in there thinks that, you know, you only think about yourself. You're on a team. You have a partner there. You need to say we. And I never forgot that lesson. But the biggest lesson that that guy taught me was sometimes people need to hear the truth because these things that they're struggling with are... They don't even know they're doing it. I had no idea. And I've never forgot the lesson. And I've never forgot the individual that was brave enough to bring it to me. Right.
1: Uh, the truth will set you free.
0: That's to, and that's the truth.
1: All right. So I think we have two left here, Brandon. Uh, what are the last ones to wrap us up?
0: All right. So number nine is faith. You know, in this in this world that we live in, you know, everyone just believes it's all on you. You know, it's all up to me, you know, and even, even that mantra that Brian, you know, says if it is to be, it is up to me, which is true. Cause like you do have to go and act, you know, but at the same time, you know, I, I just, I think there's a quadrant in this world that we, we neglect, we neglect that, you know, there is some, there's some assistance out there and anyone that's, you know, set some goals and have really tried, they've, they've seen it come into their life. They've, they've seen small miracles. They don't know where to give the credit to, but. But for me I, I'm very quick to just say that, you know, I know that we're that we're not alone and that, that there's a there's a process and sometimes you gotta trust the plan, you know. Have a little faith to trust that the creator of this whole experiment has a plan for you. And and though you may not understand it, I mean all of us can relate to this. We can all say that at some point in our lives we've looked backwards and looked at one of the biggest struggles or trials that we went through and said, man, that was tailor made for me to get to here, you know? And so I would just say, have a little faith in the process, have a little, have some faith in your goals, you know, have some faith that the the thing that's so hard right now will not be there in a few days. Um, you know, I, I tell my guys as a good example, I say, guys, these guys that have been with me a long time, I said, think of all the things that have come up with running this company. I mean, big things, you know, that we thought in the moment would could almost sink us as a company, but guess what? Where are they all at today? Mm. They're non-existent. Yeah. We, we got through them, you know, and, and we're here and we're better because of it. Every big major challenge that I've faced as a company, whether it be a, a big lawsuit or, you know, I, I saw a hole in my, my system and, Though it was hard to go through it, I cleaned up that thing and said, "You know what? Good thing I only got sued by that one guy because I was on the hook for fifty-five other dudes, you know." And now I've at least now I've fixed the problem so that I'm not I'm not open. So we just have to trust that there that there's a, there's there's more out there. There's more working for us than against us, and we have to trust that and 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 be hopeful you know it's hard you know we get in our trucks and we listen to you know talk radio and we we sometimes lose perspective on what what's the point point. and so i just say you know be hopeful have some faith you know move forward be be that power that's out there blessing the lives of people that you go meet you know be that energy that is is just good in the world and and you'll watch things just melt away and these obstacles and the things that used to bug you and the things that drag you down you know you always say like you know you don't live in the weeds, you know. Get out of the weeds and just fly. And so, faith is a big part of this, and and I think a lot of times it gets overlooked because sometimes it's a, you know, it, it's a faux pas word that sometimes gets uh, attached to to religion. But in reality, it's 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 just real. You know, we practice it every day when we flip on the light switch and the light comes on. We don't know why we flip the switch. We just have faith ultimately that when I do it, the light comes on. And so again, you know this is a real principle that moves the world, but yet sometimes we don't use it as much as we could.
1: That's so right on, Brandon. So right on. Okay. Uh, bring us in for a landing here. What is number 10? <laughs> number 10 is,
0: in my mind, the most important one. <clears throat> and, and the reason that it's the most important one is that, you know, we come to work and we give, you know, as you start down this path of developing a Bulletproof Attitude, you're going to give a lot of energy and you're going to, you know, and your, your peers and your customers and your clients are going to be the benef- beneficiary of this. And it's going to take a lot out of you. And it's, you know, and, and it, and it may energize you and it, but it can do a couple things. But I would always say that, you know, it's so important to take these principles that you're, you're, you're learning every day and take them home. You know, uh, I read a book, the anatomy of, or uh, leadership and self-deception and then the anatomy of peace by the Arbinger group. And, you know, one thing I realized is that I sure give a lot of energy to my guys, to my clients, to my marketing department, to all these things. And then sometimes when I get home, I, you know, I force myself to function at an eight. And then when I walk through the door of my house, sometimes I function at a six and, and I let myself off the hook are the most important people in my life. And so, um, you know, uh, about a year ago, you know, every time I pull in the driveway, I have another check-in, not not just to the door, but I check in and say, hey, these are the most important people that need me at an eight. So it's time to check in. And if I'm at a six, I better do something to change that. And I better get in there. And sometimes what I do in this opportunity is I, I'll say to myself, what would an eight walk in the door and do what would an eight function like in my home and as and then i just go and i role play that in my mind and then when something comes to me like an eight would go in ask them how they're doing and it's been a while since we've gone and grabbed ice cream they'd go and take them and grab ice cream or an eight would go in and say hey let's go in the backyard and play catch you know something that you may not do but that's what an eight would do. If you were on fire, that's what they would do. To That's what you do to, to really guide your family. And so then I just go in and execute that. And, you know, my, you know, my family has been so much better. But what I, what I say is that is if you're practicing this at home, you can't help but bring it to work with you as well. Yeah. So this is a, this is a, this is a lifelong pursuit and you can't lay yourself off the hook just because you're home. It This is where you should be practicing the hardest to have a bulletproof
1: mindset. You're talking at my heartstrings there, man. I, I got to tell you, I love that concept because that's near and dear to my heart. I know that I've gotten home many times and I've been in, uh, you know, a four <laughs> mindset and I walked in the door as a four. And unfortunately my family, uh, is on the receiving end of that. And, and that's, that's not what I want to be. We had a trainer here a couple years ago and he was, he was, uh, big on the concept of, of doing well at work so that he could be his best at home, like getting his stuff organized, making sure that it's all taken care of. So that when he went home, he was on for the people, like you said, the people that actually mattered in his life. And, and I I remember him saying that, and that is something I I appreciate the refresher there. That's something that I need to do as well. When I get home is that check-in, you know, that, that 30 seconds before you walk into the door, just is my mind in the right place? And I love your, I love your question there. You know, what would an eight performance or what would a nine performance look like when I walk through the store and how am I going to get myself there before I actually enter?
0: Yeah. And it's powerful as you start practicing that every time, you know, and check in, you know, like if you're, if you're willing to check in for work, you better check in for those people because you know, and, and believe me, they'll notice a difference. <laughs> like after a week of doing this, my wife came to me and said, what's, what's gotten into you? And I kind of told her about the book that I was reading. And and that book, you know, then circulated around to, you know, her sisters and the family. And they were calling me and asking me about some of these things that, you know, the book teaches. And, and so it's just amazing. Like I said, these books have so much information that are, are there to bless our lives. But we just have to dig in or we miss out. Hmm.
1: All right, Ben, I'm just going to review it for our listeners here. So the 10 steps to a bulletproof mindset, we have set inspired goals that you would need a miracle to hit. Number two, review your goals twice a day. Number three, put your goals where you're going to see them. Recommend the accountability mirror. Number four, set up mobile university and make sure you're training yourself. Number five, get on the scale every day. Where am I at? One through 10. Number six, anticipate the challenge and find your mantras. Number seven, recharge your battery so that you have enough energy to give back. Number eight, find a mentor. Be willing to ask for honest and constructive feedback. Number nine, have some faith. And number 10, put these principles in practice at home. You got it. That is is such good advice. I love the way that you just succinctly put that in some, I mean, seemingly easy 10 steps, but we all know that this isn't easy, you know. It takes time, it takes practice, and it takes repetition to have that bulletproof mindset really created.
0: Yeah, it does. But you know, it, it's not it. You know, it's not about who you are today, but who you become in the journey. And you know, I think this is the moment that you embrace that and lean into that and say, you know, who will I be in ten years? You know, and and I'm telling you that you know, today you see this, uh, challenge, the 10 year challenge popping around on social media. Right.
1: Right. And
0: if, you know, it's amazing. I thought about that, you know, where have I come in 10 years and, and it's night and day and it's through practicing these things every day and living them that you can then look back and say, man, I'm so proud of, you know, all the things that I've been able to accomplish, but it is, it is, being you know definiteness and having that definiteness and purpose and and being mindful and intentional about every day you know waste no day there it is there it is
1: well I know you already have an author in the family brandon but maybe you should take some time to put some of this down on paper
0: hey and maybe i've I've thought about it a little bit you know because it you know i, I think that for me the one the, the book that I really want to to write and maybe put out to the world is just that You know, I look at where I've come from and I know that it's relatable for a lot of technicians, but literally, you know, if, if, if you ran into someone that knew me 20 years ago, you know, they would, they would probably fall out of their chair knowing that this is who I, who I've become. And so, and it, so it's nothing about being special. You know, I, I, I try to tell people that it's, it's not that i that I'm special. It's just that I found some habits and, and held myself accountable to them. And, you know, and, and that's ultimately like what I, you know, that's, I think the story that I would love to tell people is that no matter who you believe you are, it's, you know, if it's not right and it's not a winner, it's not true. And so we need to get out there and recreate ourselves and, and, and put in the hard work and be willing to. And the, the, the great thing about it, Nate and Brian, is that the benefit package that you receive by investing in yourself is so great that it doesn't even feel like work in the process. You know, it'll be the greatest and easiest work you ever do. Right on.
1: Well, Brandon Duncan, uh, we appreciate having you on the show today. If people are interested in learning more about you or they'd like to dialogue more about those 10 steps, where's the best way to find you?
0: You know, they can just, email me. That's what I think I would say. The best thing is this Brandon W Duncan at yahoo.com, you know, and, and I would challenge people, you know, I, my brother, um, just to give one quick little thing, like he reached his, you know, he loves this table group with Patrick Lincioni. and he reached out to one of the guys that runs the podcast. He moved back to Utah. My brother heard it and said, Hey, you know, sorry to bug you. I'm sure you get a ton of these emails. Um, I, I don't want to bug you, but you got to eat lunch. I would love to meet with you. And the guy, you know what he told my brother? You know, he met and ate lunch with and It was a really cool experience. But the guy told my brother, he says, you know, Bryson, I, I tell people all the time, you know, if they have questions, email me. He says, but very, very few people actually do it. And so I just challenge anyone, you know, if, if you want more, if you're looking to improve your mindset you're looking for a mentor like, you know, then, then reach out, take the risk, you know, hit me up on an email. You know, I, I love, like I said, my, my goal is the more I give, the more I get. And so, you know, the, the opportunity to help people is, is there, but you know, we have to be brave enough to reach out and find those people. And, and you guys know, like, think about all the successful people you've had on this podcast and how, like how they just want to share with you both or with your you know the people you're that are listening to this podcast. That, you know, they just want to share it because it's been so beneficial for them. And they and they, it's, they're not bugged. They love it. This is what they do it for.
1: I love it. All right, Brandon. It's been a privilege to have you on the show today. For Brian and my sake, we appreciate you taking the time to share with us and our listeners. Thanks so much for what you've been doing and for implementing and imparting some of that knowledge on our show today. Thank you.
0: Guys, Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, we hope you enjoyed this podcast with Brandon Duncan. I know I did. The 10 steps is just really simple and easy for me to follow along with those uh, those 10 really critical items that he, he put in front of us. And one of the things that really stuck with me there is that last point where it has to be practiced at home. And man, all the money in the world, all the best customer service in the world, all the top sales revenues in the world to me means very little if I don't go home and actually make a difference with the people that make a difference for me. And so I, I challenge you simply from that as a personal challenge that get yourself in order, take this year to get at home in order, take this year to get at work in order, and the combination of, those two, of the two of those will make such an impact on your life. You won't regret it. That's it for us here at the Waste No Day podcast. We want to challenge you like we do every time to find that bulletproof mindset like Brandon was talking to us about, to choose to wake up with that, to choose to step on the scale and measure where you are and to choose to wake up each day and waste no day.